We are post-holiday, so we're in a goofy mood, but we have so many movies to uh, talk about, and we are blessed to talk about and share with you. We have a great guest this morning. Who do we have, Carl? We have the president of the St. Louis Film Critics Association, Jim Tudor. Hello, Jim. Hello, Carl, and hello, Lynn. We're going to talk to our guest, Jim Tudor, about Star Wars and his Star Wars class coming up next. And then around minute 18, we'll talk about Knives Out. Around minute 28, Honey Boy. Minute 36, A Marriage Story. Around minute 48, Dark Waters. Around minute 52, Klaus. Around minute 56, the new DVD's out. And one hour and seven minutes, what's coming up next week? We haven't seen you since you started teaching your Star Wars class. That's right. I teach a Star Wars course at Webster University where Carl, uh, in the early weeks of that course, was a guest. And how has it been going? It's been going great, I think. Um, you I'm, said you are going to have me back and then you didn't. I wanted to, but the, the topic was going to be uh, uh, Star Wars and gaming. Uh-huh. And that topic has basically fallen to the wayside because I ran out of time. The syllabus changed. The syllabus changed Once a few times. Once the Mandalorian began. It did. Yeah. Yes, it did. <laughs> All right, yeah. and but Lynn hasn't seen it, so we can't talk about every everything everybody knows. And I've not watched today's episode Me either. either. Thank you. I'm glad. I Good. was worried about that. No, we have, I've not seen it yet. Okay, but because my family is out of town doing uh, family stuff. Do you watch it as a family? We do. Good. Yeah, well, we do too. The three of us watch it as a family, and we enjoy it. And some of us pay attention a little more awake than others. Aww. See, my whole family's into it, but it has to be on varying levels. Right. Although I must say this is, you know, this is kind of the most everybody in my family has been into any singular Star Wars thing. Right. Because it's all new. Yeah. You're, you're all experiencing it new for the first time. Yeah. And even my wife enjoys this. Mm-hmm. Whereas she... Um, she's they're the one, short. <laughs> they're, well, no, that's not why. She, she, she legitimately is enjoying the show because, well, she has a soft spot for Westerns. And this, mm-hmm. uh, this is... Are we talk, officially talking about The Mandalorian? I guess now we're Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, The Mandalorian is, you know, there's always been a Western component to Star Wars, as you know. But this East, is... An Eastern slash Western theme. And those are two very strong influences in Star Wars from the beginning of Star Wars. But this is... Uh, this really focuses on those two things, mm-hmm. the spaghetti Western and the kind of samurai uh, lone wolf and cub, I suppose. But that's because Dave Filoni is okay, – it's it's written by John Favreau who has a soft spot for Star Wars and it's being helmed by Dave Filoni who did Clone Wars and Rebels and he is – The animated series. He is the son <laughs> – even though George Lucas has his own kids, he says that Dave Filoni is the son he never had. Which because he's the son that he can entrust the uh, legacy of Star Wars to as opposed to his actual children. Exactly. Yeah. Because Jet and all the other kids, they're like, we'll just take your money, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were in the films, I think, reluctantly. Reluctantly? No, they were in the films. Oh, no, no. I'm saying uh, they were. I don't. I don't think they wanted necessarily to be in the films. Oh, their interesting. Dad, their dad just put them in the films because you know what? It's cool for a teenager to say, "Yes, I was in episode two, and, or was it episode three? They were all in episode three in different places. Right. And and the girls were in episode two in the bar. Okay. With Anthony Daniels and Ahmed so Best. Right. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's backstory as to why these characters are in the bar and then they're at the opera and, you know, right. in the one movie and the other. But, uh, you know. And then the, his, son, his son dies. His yeah. son, Jet, uh, gets killed by Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, he gets to do— Or is do, it the troopers? It, it's the troopers. It's the tro- it's, oh, it, he just gets gunned down. He gets gunned down by troopers, but he comes out and gets to do like a somersault or something, right. which was kind of like 
the big deal. If I'm going to go out, Dad, yeah. I'm going to go out bigly. It, yeah, the kids. <laughs> we watched that movie a couple weeks ago in my class, and the, there was a few people that are kind of like, "Well, this this unnamed unknown Jedi gets like an inordinate amount of attention." And you uh, said it, that's Jet Lucas, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. And they're uh, like, "Oh, okay." Well, that makes sense now. And yeah, so no, it's um, but that's and, that's that's inside baseball stuff. Exactly. But it's good that your film class picked up on it. Yeah, they picked up on it. Some folks did. They were just kind of bemused by it. Did that. any of them know already? Yes. Okay. Yes. There are some who know. And then, then as as you remember from when the you girl. were a guest, there's a girl who'd never seen a Star Wars movie. And now she has seen but six of them. She has seen six and she doesn't say much. She uh, she kind of sits there and soaks all this up and kind of looks at us and, and wondering what she's thinking. And I finally said after Revenge of the Sith, I was like, you've got to tell us. Are you how are this? you? How are you on the? How are you feeling on this? And she just kind of went, "What? Uh, well, uh, I guess this one, Revenge of the Sith, is my favorite." But she's not in really. Man- she she wasn't keen on Mandalorian. I know that. Okay. So which which I am. But you know, si- Revenge of the Sith is the best one of the prequel trilogy. Yes. And like, but still. But now, now hold on, Lynn. You have to remember these films are for children, and each generation Thank has you. their own. They're for children. You have to understand that. Specifically, twelve-year-olds. And when George Lucas was, he visited the set of the Mandalorian. uh, uh, It was reported that he he took Favreau aside and said, "Just remember, this is for twelve-year-olds. Ultimately, I mean, it's for everybody from fanning out from there. But your core has to be twelve-year-olds." And I think that I think even in that's why they're a half hour long. (laughs) I think that. John Favreau understands that in his writing. There are some pretty deep uh, and philosophical and uh, deep mental issues in this because we don't – there's a lot of things unsaid. And the more we find out, it's going to be more adult, I would say. It always gets that way. And that's fine, by the way. You can have dark, very dark – go to very dark places with the stuff for 12-year-olds. Right. That's – something our culture tends not to understand, but it's completely true. And Lucas knows that as well, even though Lucas is not involved with us anymore, but he, you know, he still, he still shows up. He still shows up. They like to have him or come in and come out. And he anyway, still, he still goes to events and he's, he's, he was mad after a while after episode seven, but he was okay with eight. And I th- yep. think he's going to be okay with nine. Hopefully. I hope so too. And, and that said, I don't know about you, how you are. We've, we're three episodes into The Mandalorian. The fourth one dropped today, and you and I have not watched it yet. Not yet. Okay. This is my favorite new Star Wars thing, at least since the Disney acquisition. You didn't like I am, Rebels? I love Rebels. Um, I, <laughs> but you like this more. This I. This is just captured my interest in a way. Like I'm excited about it. Whereas... Um, I didn't watch Rebels as it was happening. I watched that. I, I binged that over the summer mm-hmm. for my class. Okay. So, and I, believe me, I loved you liked, it. You I liked, loved you it. You liked the reveals and yeah, you them, yeah. and how it ends ambiguously. And I do like that a lot. And I'm hoping that it might even, there's a chance leak for, into this? for leak into Mandalorian because it certainly could. Um, there's no shortage of Mandalorian lore and, uh, and but then, stories but then in don't Rebels. You, do you hate the fact that everyone's got to be related to the to the main story. I like the fact Man. that it is taking place in the outskirts, it, th- yeah. that we haven't seen any of these characters anymore. And just because he is the same race, 
even not technically as Boba Fett, I guess as Boba Fett's dad, as Jango Fett, because he was the actual Mandalorian. Boba Fett wasn't liked by the rest of the assassins cause, or, or by the mm-hmm. Mandalorians because he's not really a Mandalorian. But not that that was ever stated on film. Right. That's, you know, that's legends in, and in the movie, and Boba Fett is a cool looking guy who shows up and armor. gets Han Solo and we don't, the word Mandalorian is never even used in those movies. And, uh, and, and then he get, dies of three stooges death in right. return of the Jedi. Oh. The end. Yeah. His what? Six lines total. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Rick, but they, they don't say Mandalorian until episode two, I believe. Do they? We have a Mandalorian and we're cloning him and he's, yeah, that's that term is finally used. Camino. Camino. All Boy. right. Hi, Lynn, are you following any of this? Little. This is a great. Just, I think you'd enjoy the show because you or the en- class. You enjoy quality uh, programming, and you um, said you're not going to teach Solo or Rogue One in your class. Correct? Well, Rogue One was on the schedule, but it got knocked off for for um, Mandalorian Mandalorian premiere because you didn't know when you made the syllabus that it was going to be such a big deal. I didn't know, and 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 it, it occurred to me that oh my gosh, we need to all together watch the debut of the Mandalorian on November 12th, back when Disney Plus dropped. It was a Tuesday, which is the night of my class. So we have to do it. It's a historic you, Star Wars moment. Did you technically break the law and show it in class? That's not breaking the law, is it? It's for apode- academic purposes, Carl. Yeah, as long as you don't charge. Oh, well, it's okay. They're paying to be there. <laughs> right. But I mean, you know what I'm saying. It's like a, a, te- a, a teacher. Fee. There's like a thing that Disney's they... Disney's not going to go after you. Nobody's coming no. after us. No, this was academic. And believe me, we yacked about it academically for a good half hour and afterwards. And probably got some of them to go buy Disney Plus. So I show, I <laughs> That show, wasn't the point, but maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I show a film in my writing for the media class every semester and... It's okay. Um, I did see Star Wars the night it opened in St. Louis in 1977, so I've been a fan. May 25th? Never since, yes. And I got a button. I I got a button. It was at the Creepcore Cinema, and I got a button that said I was among the first people to see it. I saw it at the Mark Twain Hmm? in South County. I saw it at Kirkwood, but it was a 1979 re-release with the Empire Strikes Back trailer before it. Ah, that's when they first said A New Hope at the beginning. It is, yeah. Empire's my favorite, and I know Carl disagrees, but that's okay. I don't. I don't like the ending. It just ends. I know. It's fine. That doesn't mean it's it's still not good. it It is a bold ending. That that forces you to see the next one. And this is the take on the Empire ending, by the way. I, I said this is a movie that was made during the latter end of the Carter administration, and there was a great malaise over America, and this movie reflects that. Uh, it might not be an intentional reflecting of that, but, you know, like all art imitating the culture that it comes from, uh, this is a movie that reflects that melees. Now, you compare that to Return of the Jedi, which is so stark, steeped in, uh, um, you know, kind of rah-rah, everything goes right kind of uh, attitudes. 1983, it's like we are well into the Reagan mm-hmm. administration and, uh, you know, people's opinions on uh, of America at that time again, uh, are reflected in that movie and its its attitudes. And I disagree with art. what Clerks and Kevin Smith said about Return of the Jedi. It's not just about the puppets. It's not Muppets, no. It's, it's, uh, the it's Ewoks. Not. Yeah. The, um, the, they're, they're okay. I'm sorry. They're, no. o- they're okay with the Muppet Yoda. They're just not okay with the Muppet Ewoks. Even though they're not Muppets, they're just So there's a baby, there's a baby Yoda. Yeah, no. Mm. It's called The Child. It's okay. called it's called Baby Yoda, the child, the <laughs> child. That's the episode title. 
The, yeah, episode two, two is called the baby is the, called the child, and episode child. three is called the sin. The sin. And I'm I don't know what episode we don't know what four, four is, is yet. It's called episode. What if episode four is is titled Baby, baby Yoda. Yoda? You know, Yoda is Yoda is just the name of a person. That would be like calling all people Lynn. Carl, here's what I love. Baby Lynn. When, <laughs> you, when, when you came to my class, you were there to discuss collecting of Star Wars memorabilia, mm-hmm. um, which you and I both know a thing or two about. Yeah. Um, you talked about, you brought in your replica of the early bird certificate, which was mm-hmm. because in 1977, when Star Wars came out, they weren't uh, the ready. toy companies weren't ready. In fact, Christmas of 1977, half a year goes by and they still don't have merchandise to sell to people at Christmas time for this movie that was an unsuspected big hit. So they sold the certificate that you mail in and you get the first action figures the when empty. they're ready in the spring. Mm-hmm. They sold an empty box to parents to give to their kids on Christmas. It was a Christmas. piece of paper. It was a piece of paper you said you got the piece of paper I did. and you I were did. happy with it i was now here we are again it's 2019 and, and it's christmas and baby yoda is the biggest star wars phenomenon to in happen decades in decades and people are obsessed with this thing it is you can't go on well, social media i saw media. that on twitter and said and somebody said it's time for another empty box it is yeah that's what i i said it's a, john favreau a- convinced disney and the toy makers not to do this because he said it would ruin it. And he was 100% right. He was right. And except, you know, they're leaving millions on the table here. And especially um, the the official stuff that they've sent out now is garbage. There's official stuff? Good. It is not. Yes. Oh, okay. What is it? it, it, it first of all, there's uh, computer stickers and there is a T-shirt and there are uh, several designs of the T-shirts. So... It, and they're all in a scene that we have not seen yet. So it's not necessarily anything good. I just figured they were waiting for the character to get a name. Mm, uh, the bootleg stuff, some of it's really good, but... I've seen some, yeah. But that's all. Well, um, Baby Yoda. Um, I have a really old uh, Christmas thing to say um, about the merchandising in 1977. Uh, at Christmas time, I was working for the Venture Stores. Remember them? The of course. By, yeah. Macy's? Yeah. And they had their headquarters underneath Famous Bar at Northwest Plaza. And I was the fashion department uh, communication coordinator. And I walked through this one day, and the toy buyers are in there, mm-hmm. grown men with the lightsabers. <laughs> the that light. would have been 78 then, because it well, wasn't 70, not 77. Really? Because really? I was going to say, because my first yeah. reporting job was January 78. No, because there weren't any toys ready in 1977. Was it no toys or just no action figures? Yeah, because I was going to say these guys were, because that's, because I, I left that world behind me and went into newspapers. So um, that's, it had to be the lightsabers. No Possibly. action figures, but it had to be the lightsaber. Maybe, but they were really expensive. I don't know. I, I didn't get one, and I didn't get one that year. Yeah, not, not as so. expensive as the lightsabers are now. No. Oh, oh my gosh! But no. to go to Galaxy's Edge and go into the lightsaber uh, department, you have to have a reservation and have paid up front. Two hundred dollars. right? Two hundred dollars. Oh my! So you can't just go and browse. You have to have a reservation and you have to have paid up front. It's they, a it's a whole thing. They don't want people, you know, just browsing at their huge ass expensive merchandise because wow. it is not for children it is for collectors all right well speaking of the um speaking of the next movie mm-hmm. the rise of, of skywalker. skywalker opens in three weeks by the way yes. <gasps> jj sorry 
J.J. Abrams was on Colbert this week, and uh, he was talking about how they didn't want to digitally put in Carrie uh, Fisher. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to recreate. But in the the Force Awakens, they had shot a lot of footage, and he was yes. really mad that they couldn't use all of it But at the time. But then he said, it's amazing that it works now. Uh, does it, though? Or did they bend over backwards, or did he have to write some stuff? I, I guess we'll find out. I mean, apparently, I've heard it said people say, well, this is why Ray is wearing the same outfit for the third time, basically. Right. Uh, with just mild changes because, you know, the scenes they wanted between... they to keep her, I understand. Yeah, the scenes between her and Carrie Fisher that were filmed for Force Awakens, they're just using that, I guess. Um, but I, I don't, uh, you know, they're going to change what Carrie Fisher's saying, the words coming out of her mouth. Um, I don't know what they're doing. We'll see if it works or not. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. And the, did you hear about the script? That was John Boyega. He admitted it, that it was John Boyega that left his script in his hotel. Well, he was changing houses. He was leaving apartment A to go to apartment B, and he left it, and he said, oh, I'll get it on my way back. They were cleaning out the apartment, and somebody found his script and put it on eBay. But then a, a Disney staffer saw it, and they got it back. So no one saw it except except well, what are they the gonna, cleaning person. What are they going to do, fire him? I mean, it's done, right? Finished, yeah. yeah. The, the movie actually wrapped Monday. Oh, gosh. No, JJ says it's finished like, now. They sh- oh, oh, you mean like post production? It's all finished. Oh, okay, good. So now they can start showing it. Okay, well then we can see it. We in can two so and December. A half yeah, December twentieth is the release date, so mm-hmm. we can talk about it um, then. Well, let's talk about the new releases. Right. There were a couple on Wednesday for the holiday crowd, and then there are a couple today. All right, do you want to talk about the murder mystery that I didn't see but my wife liked, except for the fact that she guessed who it was in the first uh, half hour? Really? I do think it keeps you guessing. It's called Knives Out, and it's a throwback. Speaking of Star Wars, it's written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Whose film was The Last Jedi. His previous film was Star Wars The Last Jedi. Yes, and he's a clever writer, and it's very clever. Absolutely. And it has a big-name cast, Daniel Craig, has the uh, uh, puts on the voice of Foghorn Leghorn? Yeah, my wife said that was very jarring. Oh wow, it is. He's a he's a detective, a private detective, and he's hired, but he doesn't know who hired him. It's a rich family. It's just so typical gothic murder mystery in the vein of uh, Agatha Christie. So who's in it? It's, okay, it's, it's all star uh, cast. Yeah, Christopher Plummer plays the the uh, patriarch of this family. He's 85, and he writes under the uh, uh, Harlan Thromby, and he writes murder mysteries. Okay. And his son is Michael Shannon, which is so perfect. And uh, Michael Shannon runs the publishing company. His daughter is Jamie Lee Curtis, mm-hmm. and she's in haughty mode. Like, uh, you know, she's the favored daughter and she's married to Don Johnson, and that's a surprise. I hear he's great. He is good. Yeah. It's it's a, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's he's a good casting choice, but it's a surprise. And their child is wait for it, Chris Evans. It's a uh, little old for their kid, <laughs> or no, no actually it's, not. It's no. fine. It's fine. Don Johnson's kid would be yeah, could yeah. Be. and he is a swaggering bad boy, rich it's, kid, spoiled, entitled. Um, you're supposed to hate him. But, but then he looks he, pretty. He's pretty, and he puts on the charm. And uh, um, uh, the one, Christopher Plummer's one son who's deceased was married to Tony Collette, and she and her daughter are yeah. uh, moochers. Is that and, Anna T? 
Di. No, she's uh, Anna D. Armas plays the beloved uh, servant right. of uh, the housekeeper. Uh, oh, the butler slash. who did it. <laughs> well, maybe I it's don't a, know. It's yeah, a, it's, it's who I don't know. It. My it's wife, did, my wife did not tell me who did it. So it's not. It's not. It's a whodunit, but it's not, not really. No, it's for most of the movie. You're sitting there going, "Wait a minute! I thought this was supposed to be an Agatha Christie whodunit," and it's it's not. It's uh, the mystery about it isn't who killed who or anything like that. Is it a why? Uh, yes. Okay. And and it's a why for the most part, and then it twists a little bit more, and we do get into whodunit mode, but that takes a while, and and Daniel Craig is there trying to unravel all of this, and he. Once you get over the foghorn leghorn voice and you just go with it, you think he's he's actually very funny, um, and and uh, he's got some great monologues. Um, he's a, he's a he's a recognizable face in this world because apparently he his his detective character was profiled in the New Yorker. Okay, and and when he's recognized by Tony Collette early on, she's like, oh, and she's like this kind of what do we call it? like a dippy uh, kind of. <laughs> You know, but she new reads agey. the New Yorker. New Agey, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. she she says, "Oh, I read a tweet about that New Yorker article that profiled you. You're famous." Ah, you know? yeah. She so, didn't read the New Yorker no, article. No. She saw a tweet about it. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, who were you talking just... about, Catherine Langford, or were you talking about uh, Ricky Lindholm? You were talking Maybe about the daughter. daughter. The daughter's in college, and it's, I don't know. I don't know. And then Michael Shannon's boy is Jaden Martins, who used to be that Jaden Lieber. Long last name. He oh. was, you know, yeah. he's in it, chapter two, mm-hmm. and he's the kid from St. Vincent. Okay. And oh. he's got a new last yeah. name, oh, Jaden Martins. Well, and that's kind of weird. Yeah. So the kids are all these sullen, rich kids, and and uh, you have all that parents dynamic. They all live who's, in the same who's house. Frank Oz, speaking of Yoda. Oh, he's fantastic. <laughs> he, yeah, he plays the, um, what do you call that job? The guy who comes in and reads the will. Oh, the uh, executor. Who gets, who gets what. Okay. Yeah, it, he's, the, he's you know, the lawyer. It's it's like one or two scenes, really. He, everybody comes into the room, and he's, you know, it's it's not early in the film, where he's reading off, um, you know, the last will and testament of who gets what. Yeah, Christopher Plummer, in his wisdom as this author, he has uh, created all these red. I guess all these red herrings are created. So they have to. He loves to get their money. They have to jump through hoops. Yeah, basically, and there's all sorts of different little things he pulls just because he he really knows what's going on in the family. You know, it's like a soap opera. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a Dallas. They all live in the same house, and everybody has secrets. 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 Every family has all these secrets, and so they're coming out. And in the meantime, there's all these nooks and crannies in the house, which are wonderful. But the servant, and I'm not sure exactly what she did, but she was his confidant, his companion. Lover. And uh, no, no, it was just all like, he he really didn't like hanging with his family because they were all insufferable. I've been there. And so he, she's, you know, um, so she can't tell a lie without throwing up. (laughs) Okay. Plot point. Yeah, plot point, and so it's weird. <laughs> Wait, that's a major plot point. I don't know if it's major. It's it's it's, it's a, a thing. It's a... It, there's the setup and payoff in this movie is so sharp. There's so much about it. It's so well put together that you know there's there's not, a not lot, there's there's no fat on this. Did movie. you talk to Max about this? Yes. And did he see it? No. Okay, because as he says, the only Ryan Johnson film he likes is Last Jedi, well, which should... a lot of people are on. That that is a very divisive film. 
It, it yeah. absolutely is. But, this but he one. goes 180. And the, I mean, this is just like a romp. It's just like the throwback to the movie Clue. It wants to be Clue. Well, it's not going to be as successful as his last film. Well, no. No, but that. I don't think he wants I think he just wanted a departure. And this is like a perfect crowd pleaser for the holidays. I don't know. This, they've been hyping it up for a really? long time. It's so political. It's uh, it oh, has really? This, it has. It's gonna. It's gonna anger some folks uh, with its messaging. Um, and and I say let those people be angered. Is it? Yeah. Is it um, left leaning? Is it left leaning? What do you think? Well, I'm guessing yes. Yes. Well, the servant is an immigrant. Oh, okay. And 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 yeah, it's I, we can't really talk too much about this because you know, but it's so clever, and it's, I think it's enjoyable. I don't want to say it's enjoyable, no matter what you think, because those you know people who are, you know, staunch on their op- oppositional beliefs are probably not going to go to the movies that much anyway. They certainly avoid a movie like this, right? Um, but that said, it's like you know, the movie describes itself as Clue on steroids, mm-hmm. uh, or the, the at least when they're talking about the the mansion, right? Okay. Yeah, I would think that if you have a house full of people and you want to see something, this is the choice. Okay, because I didn't know anything about its politics at all. It's it's uh, that's what it brings to the table. Um, It's not just some Agatha Christie redo. Mm -hmm. It's social commentary. It's social commentary. It reminded me of Neil Simon's Murder by Death from the late seventies, maybe nineteen eighty. It's a fun one as well. Yeah, and and I think and but but it, it does it's. Just it's just one of those entertaining movies that don't think too hard. I don't know if it stands up under serious scrutiny, but I don't want to be seriously scrutinizing it. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to spend the time. Well, I just I just enjoyed it. It's 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 tricky. It's a tricky movie, and I'll I'll admit to something. I went into this movie tired, and I should have gotten coffee beforehand because I and this is on me. I sat down and I started to get tired and plus the lady next to me this I don't know who this woman was or why she was in the press row I've no, never seen her in my life but but she's like the movie oh, okay. Lynn's Hello. new phone everybody oh, I can't it's okay the there's movie. a little button on the side all you have to do is we need to put your windscreen on too because everyone can hear every single breath you take just Ooh. like the police are we still recording uh, no no yeah keep talking okay so anyway um Good grief! What was I saying? You were talking about, about the lady. You need oh to yeah, stay yeah, awake. the lady. Yeah. No, it's like the very first shot of this movie is the Gothic Sorry. mansion, the exterior, and the property, and it's all gloomy and and ominous. And these two dogs are running, you know, uh, you know, past the camera in slow motion. The lady's just like, "Oh, my favorite kind of dog." You know, and and from there, it was just like she takes out her phone and it's very bright. Right. It's just like between that and my own like tiredness, I was Mm kind of zoning and I didn't want to be because the movies doesn't deserve that. It's a you know, it needs to be paid attention to. I will say that because it's a mystery. Do you think there was anything you missed? It's not just a mystery. It's Ryan Johnson. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, layered. He's layered. He's doing his thing. It's smart. The quips are funny. Uh, the characters are quirky. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. Lakeith uh, Stanfield is one of the detectives. Okay. And, oh, so uh, yeah. Daniel Craig's not the only detective. No. Well, they're from the police department. Yeah. Okay. And he's the hired. Uh, he's the hired gumshoe, and his name is Benoit Blanc. Oh. And that said, you know, the movie's called Knives Out, and there's, you know. I, this is not a gory movie. There's no, not a lot of stabbing or anything. It's not bloody or anything like that. So just, just so it's folks... the barbs. It's not the exactly. Actually, it's the murder and then the barbs. Correct. It's a family who wants their inheritance now. Okay. Yeah, I, I understand. 
<laughs> All right. So Lynn has been talking about this next film for weeks now and how we all need to see it. And tell me about Shia LaBeouf playing his dad. Well, it's a eye-opener. What are we talking about? Honey Boy. Honey Boy. Oh, that. Honey Boy is from Amazon Studios, and Shia LaBeouf, who has had a checkered career, and he has had well-known public outbursts, and his uh, uh, he wrote this film when he was in rehab. Okay. And he, Is this part of one of his 12 steps, apologizing to those he needs to apologize? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's it, it, it's very cathartic for him. You can tell. I'm not sure he's apologizing for his upbringing, but he's showing you perhaps here's why, why I did everything I did. He's like he is, and it's brilliant casting because Noah he cast Jupe, himself. Oh, well, he <laughs> cast himself as his dad, which we'll go into. But the the young Shia, well, the character's name is Otis. This is fictional <laughs> and uh the character's name is otis and he's a child actor and noah jupe the little boy that was in a quiet place mm-hmm. and ford versus ferrari fabulous very vulnerable he plays a 12 year old otis and lucas hedges yes who's also one of the rising stars in the cinematic universe he plays the 22 year old LaBeouf, or otis who goes into rehab and he's a jerk and he's flippant, and Martin Starr is one of the counselors, and really? and Laura San Giacomo is his therapist. Okay. So we've got him reflecting on his dad issues, and then showing little Otis with his dad, played by Shia LaBeouf. So there's a lot going on here. It's the only commercial I've seen is the pie in the face. Is that like a big deal? No, it's the beginning where it shows him as a child actor doing silly stuff. And basically the dad is his chaperone in Hollywood. He's the uh, legally authorized guardian to be there because you have to have – if you have a minor, you have to have somebody there who is their guardian. Correct. And they live in one of those residential motels that's real seedy. Yeah. Yeah. Because they can't – he's not making it as an actor, and this is how they're living in L.A. And uh, they – It's not very long. The dad is named James, and he is – a massive screw up. He is a recovering alcoholic, but he's a veteran and he has this giant chip on his shoulder. He is verbally, emotionally abusive to his son. Mm-hmm. And they have a, a big brother uh, come in Clifton Collins jr. And the dad's very jealous that this big brother's doing things with his kid mm. and making him look like he's a loser dad. And there's Which also, he is. so he has all these outbursts. He has all these uh, issues. He's a farmer rodeo clown. What? Okay. Just throw that in there. Yeah. Was his dad actually a former rodeo clown? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, well then. Well, see, mm-hmm. truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah, so uh, it has... Uh, who's uh, Natasha Leon? She is the mom on the phone, the divorce mom oh, on really? the phone. Yeah. Nothing to do with the kid or the dad? They just argue all the time, and then the poor kid's got to relay all the messages mm-hmm. between them and talk about how they hate each other, and it's just very psychologically tough movie to watch. Byron Bowers? The African American guy named Percy. Oh, he's a he's a 
Otis's uh, rehab roommate. Okay. He's good. The supporting cast is really good. It's very, it's directed by a woman named Alma Harrell. And I'm not sure if this is her first movie, but I think it is. But it's in your face. She has a really good energetic style. It's very frenetic because there's so much dysfunction going on. She did Bombay Beach, the documentary. Is that a doc? Yeah, that is a documentary. I don't think of it as a documentary, but it's a. What a weird, good movie that is. It's so strange. So she, she won a, the uh, best doc at the Tribeca Film Festival eight years ago. Yeah, for Bombay, oh, okay. Bombay so, Beach is not new, but it's uh, it's stuck but in my that's, She's Israeli. I remember it, and I don't remember a lot of things from eight years ago <laughs> <laughs> that I watched. Well, she has a good style. It's very it's it's a very in your face, frenetic movie. It captures this chaotic childhood mm-hmm. and it doesn't make excuses for it. Okay. He wrote the movie, so it's on him, but man, what cojones to do this. He's having a good to year. Play your own father. Especially in a movie that doesn't make his father look very good. No. So Or his mother. No. So he has issues. Yeah. Which may, explains a lot of Peanut Butter Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like him or not, he's here. He wants, I guess he's just like, you know. Don't ask Max about Shia LaBeouf. This is me. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he met him? Uh, well, he did an interview. It, uh, they, it did not. He interviewed him, and it did not go well. It's a, it's a legendary uh, Max on Movies interview from the early years of his show. Okay. Back before I knew Max, I listened to a show as a fan, and and that interview uh, was was subpoenaed by. They tried to sue him, and it was not. Oh really? They, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. That. Oh. Spielberg was not happy with the interview, and they they wanted they wanted copies of the interview. They wanted it all scrubbed from the internet, and oh, wow. it did not go well. I didn't know any of that. I just heard I it on the radio either. and said, "Wow, this is a this, this is, is a great interview." Yeah, what an interview this is. So that was during a Crystal Skull. I'm guessing it was. I'm. I refuse to talk to him about it. Like many things, Mac and Max and I are very good friends, but there are t- subjects we do not speak about because I respect his privacy, and therefore I never want to ask him about anything that went on with this. And I probably have said too much, so I'm going to stop yeah, now. Yeah, let's let's maybe this needs to go away. We'll, no, we'll it's, all it's right. Fine. So no, okay. he, Max does not care for Shia. Okay. okay. Well, he's uh, probably working through his twelve steps, hmm. making amends to people. And uh, we'll see what happens. But he is having a good career year. And um, you liked it. I did like it. I think it's worth seeing. It's only an hour and a half. So, yeah, it's, it's and it's available on Amazon Prime. It's one of those where I put in, you know, at night. Zero and, expectations. And I no. just sat there no. riveted. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. And I was riveted. And it kept me, you know kept me riveted yeah you know speaking of amazon prime i was looking to buy the blues dvd of the uh championship season where they go through all the playoffs it's available on amazon prime for free oh well so if you it it doesn't have any of the extras on it no but if you want to watch the 65 minute recap of the entire blues miracle playoff run you can watch it on amazon prime i did not know that and I think I'm one of the few people that have noticed this. Oh, this is great. Does it have the part where you play Gloria? Um, Gloria is play. Actually, you hear me playing the horn a lot. And you also, wow. I am in it twice. Best horn playing uh, 2019. Yes. I, film, if film there was awards. an award, yes. yes. If there was an award for best uh, 
Foghorn playing, I would win that. I'm actually in it three times. You can clearly see me once. At the very last shot, when one of the players is holding up the cup Mm -hmm. at the big parade, you can see me underneath his arm, and then he walks forward, and then I'm underneath his other arm because I was out in the crowd, and I'm wearing blue and yellow, so everybody else is just either wearing blue and white, so the yellow actually sticks way out. So you... I'm in it. You're famous. No, I'm not. You're famous. I saw you under that guy's armpit on that video. You're famous. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There's one more film. We've already talked about it. I will never watch it. But, Jim, I want to get your thoughts on Marriage Story. I will never watch that film again. You'll never watch that film again. Uh, I I equate it to 12 Years a Slave, Schindler's List, uh, other movies that you will watch once and then never watch again. You can appreciate it for the art it was, but why would you put yourself through that again? What if, just hypothetically speaking, I get Netflix, Netflix, the producers of this movie, were to mail us like a really nice hardcover book set based on the movie? Yes. Would, would that but I have make not you more opened. interested? I have not opened it, and I, I'm sorry. I will never watch you this will movie again. sell it again. on eBay. I no, think I will not. And a Disney I, employee I will, will keep buy it. it. <laughs> um, n- none of the none of the coffee table books are influenced in me because I already like the films that yeah. then I get them. But They're I did nice, see them all on the big screen, and I'm glad I saw them on the big screen. And I think Marriage Story from Noah Baumbach is one of the top screenplays of the year, one of the top mm-hmm. original screenplays. Mm-hmm. And has it's, good individual scenes. It, it's raw. It's real. It goes through every aspect. What I liked about it and as somebody who's been divorced since mm-hmm. 1995, it, 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 it's well, honest. It's very honest in terms of it depicts all the different facets. It affects their union and their dissolution of their union has ripple effects to their work, mm-hmm. to their families, their to all their relationships, and most importantly, the children. Mom, why do, you t- why do you keep talking to him, Mom? And so it's very interesting in terms of I don't think anybody has been this honest in a story about divorce. Now, Noah Baumbach uses his personal life for a lot of his movies, like his parents. I didn't know his two parents were film critics. Mm. And wow. his mom. His he was mom. on Daily Show last week, and I skipped it because I don't I, – I'm sorry. I don't want to – know more about this film well he uh his two parents were film critics georgia brown from the village voice and jonathan bombeck i forget who he writes for but squid and the whale mm-hmm. was about his parents mm-hmm. divorce mm-hmm. and that's a good thing greta gerwig feels right about now i know and then he was married to jennifer jason lee and they have one child mm-hmm. i'm not sure if it's boy or girl and they got divorced in boy. 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's been with Greta Gerwig since 2011. Since they made uh, Francis Ha together. Yeah. Yeah, which is probably his best movie. Uh, I, I'm Okay, really, so what are, what are your thoughts on Marriage Story? It's good. It's good, and people should watch it. Would um, you watch it more than once? Yes, I, I probably will end up watching it again, Carl, because um, 
just this morning, my wife was asking me if she needs to watch it. And I said, yeah, you know, I think what we're going to see come out of this as far as awards and this sort of thing goes, if that if that floats anyone's boat, um, will uh, will be acting awards yeah. and some writing awards. Um, well, this I, I don't know. You know, they may lump it into a best picture, a few best picture races here and there. Um, it won't win. But not, Adam, and not because it's a Netflix film. Not because it's a net, but well, well, you know, politics are politics. But uh, as far as this sort of thing goes, um, but I'll I'll say Adam Driver. You know, he's a favored actor in these sorts of. This is a great year for him, and to see him uh, go the distance uh, via this movie would not be an injustice. No, but it, you know what? It, I think she's better in. And and I've been and that's fine. And I've been saying I've been saying this the whole time. If you take in the last month their body of work, I think she has had a better month than he has had. Jojo but, with Jojo Rabbit and this performance compared to this performance and the report. The report, which is good. Which it's is good. good. But she's um, so much better in Jojo. Adam Rabbit. Driver hasn't gone this deep yet, though. He's different in every movie, and I've liked him since he was, he was on Girls. He was for an Oscar for Black Klansman. I know. I know, which I, he was my, like, one of my favorites from last year. But ever since he was on Girls, I was a big fan of Girls. I started watching Girls. Uh, because the, of him? No. Because of I, He was unknown. I didn't know. Right, because the, of reason, the girls. The, right. the reason I started watching Girls was I wanted to know what, uh, what this generation of women, the kind of women that my boys were dating, I wanted to understand. And I <laughs> how'd that go? Don't think that worked out the way you thought it was going to. Um, it was terrifying <laughs> yeah. to see, but but it it, it it should like. But then when he came on, I was like, "Who is this guy?" And he yeah. was so good. And that last that last year, he and Lena Dunham. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this one particular scene. Where it was like Ooh. you should have given them the Emmy right there when they their characters uh, realize that they can't bring up this baby together, mm-hmm. and they're at this diner. It's just the, one of the most brilliant scenes I've ever seen. But anyway, getting back to Adam Driver, he is brilliant in this movie. Uh, when they have the scene where they can't take things back, that's just a phenomenal scene. And then he has the karaoke scene in the bar. That's still not the best scene in the that, – that's not the best it's, scene in the – No. That's the best scene featuring both of them in the movie. One of them. But what I like is it's basically a breakup with them eventually trying to keep their family together. You like the Sondheim. I do like the See, Sondheim. See, it's funny. People are talking a lot about him singing, and I'm like – having to stretch to remember that moment uh it's it's the it's one continuous shot yeah i know and it's but to me um that didn't define the movie i guess no but Um, he had she had one continuous shot when she's in laura dern's office she sure did and then he has one continuous shot when he's with his friends back in new york and he sings and he's trying it's more of a denouement than it is an actual okay right no you're right right and And the whole thing about uh using sondheim's company because she and her mom and her sister sing a song from the same play uh-huh. company was groundbreaking about its depiction of marriage in the early 70s when people were starting to get divorced and that's on purpose a lot. <laughs> yeah and and a guy not willing to commit and so that you have to bring all that in there but i think that the opening when they're reading the letters about what they like about each other mm-hmm. yeah that could have saved their marriage if they would have read those to each other at that moment that would have saved their marriage. Oh, Lynn's getting upset. No, no, I agree. I agree. It just it's very poignant because 
uh, as somebody who's gone through this, once you get the lawyers involved, and this is like one of the most realistic aspects of this film, when you're like together, you're agreeing to all this stuff. But once the lawyers get involved, it becomes cold and transactional. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And if they and they showed that. Let's see. Uh, well, oh, when Bombeck was on uh, the Daily Show, and I said I skipped the interview, but they showed that scene of them reading about each other as the clip setting up the interview, and I said, "Wow, that's very uh, a lot." Especially, <laughs> especially you know, if you're just trying to get someone to understand this movie, because. It is deceptively titled, and you don't know what you're. If you don't know anything about this movie, mm-hmm. you are going to be confused. Well, I compare it to uh, Ingmar Bergman's scenes from *A Marriage*. Yes. If you're familiar with that, that's yeah. yes. that's what this is most analogous to. In fact, they even show a poster at one yes. point early on just to say, "Hey, yeah, we we, know. we get it." Yeah, and and you, you can't know. accuse me of stealing if I'm admitting yeah, it. Because I have that script too. I have a copy of that script on a meta level, so. even. Uh, Scenes from a marriage in the early seventies. You know, it was a big comeback for Bergman, but he didn't know that was how that was going to go. It was made. He was on just a very, making another a movie. Very low budget. Not even. It was a made for TV thing. Like this is essentially. Yeah. It's made for Netflix, which is you're going to watch it on TV. Now, now hold on a second. If they argued this week. They said, "What is the their differences? What is the difference between?" A Christmas movie on Netflix and a Christmas movie for Hallmark or Lifetime. And the president of Netflix said, we make films, they make made-for-TV movies. Sure. So, and, and that's fair. But the fact of the matter is, just as far as my analogy to scenes from marriage and marriage story, that is another thing they have in common is right. that the small screen is the destination. Now, of course, scenes from marriage did get end up getting shown on a big screen, and this is being shown on a big screen. Uh, briefly, not anymore. <laughs> is it, well, is it, it start, done? No, no, it starts today in St. Louis. Yeah, and then uh, it goes on Netflix December sixth. Now right. here we are, and there's like the Irishman is out there. Maybe it's that, not anymore. It, no, it is. It was. It, it's, it's on it's, Netflix now. Yeah, right. It started streaming day before Wednesday. Thanksgiving. In, can we, in good consciousness, send people? tell them to go watch Marriage Story on a big screen. No, when the Irishman is there, needing to be seen on a big screen. And, well, no, and, the Irishman isn't on a big screen anymore. Pe- people have time that's limited. Oh, it's not. No, yeah, it no, started streaming on Wednesday. Yeah, oh, it was only really in theaters five days. Jeez, that's too two, bad. Two so theaters. Two theaters for five days. That's probably like five showings because that movie was so long. Yeah, it's three and a half hours. And I got into an argument with Dan on our little text string. I said, mm. hey, I just read the Slate article that says everything about the Irishman is bullshit. And it is very well sourced and very well documented that the only people that believe Frank are Frank, and probably the guy that and wrote the, the guy, book. No, for no him. the guy that didn't. He he's he he was an insurance salesman. Well, Doesn't matter. I mean, the movie. The point of the movie isn't to teach us a history lesson. The point of the movie is to be honest to itself. Even if its own history is, as you say, bullshit. And can we say that on here? We yes, we're not uh, FCC regulated. But 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 now but. Do you think that having Pacino and De Niro and Scorsese, doesn't that legitimize the lie? Well, no. I think it's fictional interpretation. No, it doesn't. But I, if he didn't I, yeah, kill anybody, exactly. it's, is, it in, is it inspired by true events? When it's inspired by true events, they don't well, have to give us the real story. I say this is as reliable as getting your history from Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's that it's or that glorious bastards. <laughs> exactly. It's that level of... You know, now the but you, they is, don't they don't come across and say that they don't yeah, say the, they don't say that because you know Hitler didn't get gunned down exactly, in a French movie theater. That's the difference. You don't know that Frank mm-hmm. Sheehan didn't 
probably kill anybody. The probable revisionism here cannot be proven the way Tarantino's can be. Right. You know, where we point to this, well, obviously the Manson family murders happened in this specific way. And in yeah, his but movie, you know what? There are, there are a bunch of kids watching this movie, that, uh, watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that don't know that. That's beside they the point. Yeah. That's beside the point. But, but they can find it out. You were initially correct when you said, though, that it's like we know that Hitler didn't get gunned down in a movie theater. We know that the Manson family didn't happen. You know, whereas with Irishmen, we... It is it, much more ambiguous. Yeah, it's much more ambiguous. We can only say probably. And somebody can write an article that says everything about the Irishman is bullshit, dot, 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 probably. No, the the, the Slate article is pretty definitive that they know that 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 99% of what happened in the Irishman, especially uh, uh, P- Pesci's character, didn't, uh-huh. didn't find God and die in prison. Yeah. He actually got out well, and a, lived in an old folks home until he was 90 and died of natural well, causes. That's a Scorsese movie. Right. right, and and it does reflect the times in terms of like uh, uh, Jimmy Hoffa and all that. Getting back, it's going to be an awards magnet, but getting back to what you were saying about Mary's Story Awards, Laura Dern, supporting actress. Oh, yes. For Ray sure. Liotta. And then uh, Ray Liotta s- and Alan Alda. They are both very good. I'm not sure with the deep pile this year of supporting actors that they're going to make the cut. But Laura's going to make the cut. She should. She's and, so gloriously insufferable. And then, oh. uh, <laughs> and she's based apparently on somebody real. Of course. Yeah, of, of course. course. She is. And then uh, Scarlett Johansson, I did my little research. She has never been nominated mm-hmm. for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. She could be nominated twice, twice this year. So she, yeah, for sure. She's in the, she's in the contenders for best. Yeah, she act- should be. She is so good. In this movie, she's even better than she is in Jojo Rabbit. She is. Right. Agreed. And yeah. I just watched she's Jojo good. again last night. See, uh-huh. I'd watch that again. I did. Uh, yeah, I would. I would, too. And she's so good in that. And then. But then we have you watched Little Women yet? No. No, not yet. Uh, are those all supporting or are those all leads? Uh, Saoirse is going to be lead. Okay. I love Saoirse. Ronan. I do, too. One of my favorites. And that, that the, the picture that they're using for all the promotions is just brilliant. The the actress Thanks, Jim. <laughs> the actress race. If we're gonna do that, uh, you have to. You can't say anything till you include Bombshell and Little Women. Which but I'm not, I'm not going to see. I'm going to see the second one. I will not see the first unless we get it. I am not going to see Bombshell because I am busy on Tuesday. Me too. I can, I am busy on Tuesday. And oh, it was I, last just, Tuesday. Oh, I saw. It. I am busy last Tuesday. <laughs> I am um, busy last Tuesday. I saw it and all and, three of them of uh, acting nominations and Lithgow. Oh my God, well, it's so good. Is the movie good? I mean, this time of year we see something where we like being Vice. critics and where it's like, we know we're going to have to be voting on categories. So everything we watch is put through this filter of voting. And I kind of yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like 1917. it's like, I just want to watch the movie and then think about that. 1917 yeah. is overrated, but by it's, the way. It's good. good. It's good. It's, it's overrated. Good. Not what? 1917, No, Carl. I'm talking Bombshell. Don't bring that up. Oh. Yeah, Bombshell. 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 Charlize Theron, who yeah. I really like, and I really like Longshot, and I keep saying that. I know you do. But uh, Atomic Blonde, she's so good. Um, Vote for that. She is remarkable in this movie. Probably yeah. going to be. And Margot Robbie's a composite. Yeah, and she'll be in supporting. Okay. And uh, Nicole Kidman's great and as she's Gretchen, Gretchen Carlson. Carlson. And then the supporting cast. Does she play a violin? No, but the supporting Aww. cast is so good. Um, who plays Roger Rails? Oh, Lithgow. Lithgow is phenomenal in it. I mean, you don't even recognize him. But um, I got a son. Is this uh, Richard Kind? Mm-hmm. 
is Rudy. From Spin City? Yes. Is Rudy Giuliani. Oh, that's funny. So that's how far we're going to go. Oh, you should see all the supporting characters. It's just really, it's just dense. It's well written. Jay Roach did it. I know Jay Roach. Well, not know him, but know of him. How's he right. doing? How's he doing? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know him personally. <laughs> <laughs> don't know but, him personally, but, but I know him. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, so yeah. another awards uh, bait movie, which I finally watched yesterday. Um, it came out yesterday. It's called Dark Waters, and it's based on a real horrific Environmental Protection Agency story. It's Aaron Brockovich with dudes. Right. It's the DuPont company uh, poisoning everyone with the C8 that was used to make Teflon. Now, oh. Laura, Aaron Brockovich with dudes, that, mm. you know, admittedly, and this is going to sound kind of bad, but, you know, you take away the whole, uh, you know, Julie Roberts. Short skirts, low cut, two thousand two thousand version of feminism. They're called boobs, Ed. And exactly that. You know what are we left with? We got we Mark, got Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo and a pair of slacks. Mark Ruffalo, Tim Robbins, Bill Camp, Victor Garber, Jesus, uh, Bill Pullman, <laughs> Anne Hathaway, Mayor Winningham. I, I, even though even even though Victor Garber has done Alias and yeah. uh, and did uh, Legends of Tomorrow, he's still Jesus from Godspell. Right, and he's still a really good stage actor too. Um, what and, the heck? Uh, yeah. Um, Is this good or not? It's good. It's very procedural. It's like a CS. Is it better than the report? Ooh. Because I thought the report was really dry. This is uh, this is lawyery stuff, but and see, they throw and th- in. So then, what the? Why is the their comparison? Why are there comparisons to Aaron Brockovich? Because that was more about her and her family life. Yes, and the the court stuff was secondary. Well, this is all about then, oh, taking I, on corporate America. So it's more of the themes than it is yes. the and the water. Okay, the so it's all theme, right? That's my understanding. Right, of this, movie. this this C eight is in pretty much everything and and they were um, dumping it into the water supply this is a company town Every, everybody either works everybody loves at, dupont and uh dupont sponsors everything they're killing us all and uh this farmer played by bill camp i will say bill camp is so good in this movie he disappears into this gruff farmer who's had 109 cows die on his property so he sues and then he develops cancer oh. he comes in with this big box of v- vhs tapes to uh mark ruffalo's character bill oh my god he's based the lawyer. on a real <laughs> i just forgot his name he's based on a real guy he is a corporate lawyer basically for the corporations mm. and tim robbins is his boss and you know from real life politics that tim robbins is very ultra left and so, so he... him playing a right-wing guy is but actually, Mark Ruffalo can't say no to this farmer. He wants to do the guy a favor. And so his firm lets him do it. And? And then the whole town, you know, it's one of these, it's really a standard script. It's really by the book, but it's very well done. And it's story, stories told. And of course, it's Mark Ruffalo looking kind of beefy. It's the and second he's, film he's done about DuPont, too. It is. Foxcatcher. Yeah. 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 Boy, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he plays, uh, he's married to Anne Hathaway, and they have three boys. Ugh. And this this Robert case. Robert Blutt. Okay. This play. Or Blut. This move, this case takes Ugh. so long. It's decades. Oh. And it shows him, you know, having his first kid. And then Ugh. the kids come along, and they're all sitting at 
you know, they're in a diner and then people wow. come up to them. And, it's like interstellar with a court case. <laughs> <laughs> and so it is one of those. It's a procedural. It's a, it's a well-meaning, well-intentioned film. This sounds very dry. With, with decent acting. But I don't think it's going to get, if you're looking at the award then season. Then why am I watching it? Well, there are so many. There are, are so many, and everyone's saying you got to see Dark Water Mark before you Ruffalo do this. In a pair of I, don't, slacks. I don't know we, if the people got, rather see him Hulk out with glasses. Maybe because we see too many movies like this. You uh, know, is this awards bait? Then it's, it's Todd Haynes directing, is it not? Yeah, he's one of our best directors, in my opinion, most interesting directors. And apparently, he just kind of did this because Mark Ruffalo. It's a passion project for Ruffalo. Yes. That is correct. And he, this is a cause that he cares about a lot. Well, that's good. One of the most uh, poignant scenes uh, puts a face on the real people. Um, there's a kid that was damaged at birth from this chemical, mm. and he's in the movie. I'm not going to say more. Okay. Well, the, the real it's, kid. Ba- it's based on a New York Times Magazine article titled, The Lawyer Who Became DuPont's Worst Nightmare. Oh, I read a tweet about that. <laughs> and it all comes full circle. Uh, what's out on the DVDs this week, Lynn? Uh, let me see here. Ah, that was Jim, everyone. That really, that uh, well, really hurt. Netflix. When is Klaus coming on Netflix, or is it already? I watched it the other night. It's wonderful. Did you watch it, it on wonderful. Netflix, or yeah. did you watch it on the DVD? Uh, we watched it on Net. Netflix? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think we watched it on Netflix because I was like, well, if we can watch it on the platform, let's do it that way because it'll be HD. Right. Oh, okay. Because uh, the DVDs they send they are just, not their standard. standard. Def- they're okay. DVDs. They're standard definition. And what I heard about Klaus was the fact that it is it is not computer animated. It is hand-drawn. It, it's hard to tell. It, it, it has a hand-drawn veneer, um, but it also has kind of this smoothness of of computer animation. So I honestly, Carl, I don't know how they did it. Um, it, it looks beautiful. Apparently it's the first animated original Netflix movie. Cool. Um, Jason Schwartzman as this lead character is a little insufferable, um, but that's kind of the point. Yeah. Um, but it also kind of pushes that a little farther than maybe it needs to, the insufferability of him, because it, it's supposed to be endearing, uh, and it... it uh, it kind of isn't, but this is a minor quibble because this movie is absolutely worth watching. It's kind of the origin of Santa Clausy Christmas. Okay. Um, it, it, you know, talking about how these legends came about. It's kind of um, like the lump of coal is pretty yeah, funny, and... and like Irishman. I don't know how historically accurate this is. <laughs> Probably not, but it's it's a lot of fun, and it's. Um, yeah, I would say absolutely. Uh, take a look at it. It's not the. It's not going to blow anybody's mind and be the greatest movie in the world or anything. But it might go on to be a bit of a Christmas Christmas classic. classic. We'll see. Yeah, but it's on Netflix, and, so it'll be on Netflix every Christmas. So. Yeah, it's up to Netflix to keep pulling that thing out of the mothballs and putting it in front of people and the algorithms and whatnot. Because otherwise, it's in the lost in the shuffle. I think it's deserving because it's not coin. It's not. Uh, you watched it, yeah. Okay. I think I think it's uh, very entertaining without being that cash grab that seems so like, hey, we're going to manufacture a Christmas special oh, to make a whole bunch of money. It's not that at all. Yeah. Although no. apparently this director comes from the Despicable Me franchise. 
Okay. Oh, okay. That makes sense. The the look of that. Yeah, it does. Well, it, yeah. This is a better look. This this is uh, more refined than that. Whereas you know, Despicable Me, the first one is great, and then from there we we you know it's diminishing, diminishing returns, returns into eyesore territory. Uh, I don't know about um, that. The third I one is got it has its moments. Minions. Holy crap. Now Minions is garbage. Um, yeah. So anyway, you get into that. This guy is um, redeeming himself with this film uh, to a large degree. So if it, so yeah so I would recommend that because we never did talk about it when it came out on Netflix. All right. On um, the DVD releases are Angel Has Fallen. Did there are not four see of them. It. That is the third in the uh, Has Fallen series. I, Gerard, I've given up on Gerard uh, Butler. Butler so has I will fallen. Not, yeah, Gerard I will Butler not see has it. Fallen. I'm done. Then with uh, where'd yeah. you go, Bernadette? You saw that one, didn't you? No, because it wasn't screened for us. Richard Linkletter's. Uh, is that an Amazon film or what is that? Uh, I'm not sure, but it's Kate Blanchett. Yeah, and Emma Billy Nelson. Crudup. Yeah, I want to see that. I never got to. Yeah, yeah, we they never showed it to us. And then Jerks. Official Secrets, which I already yeah. talked about, which is dry, which is based oh, on a real so case. Dry. And Official you're like, Secrets. That's yeah. Uh, it's Kira Knightley and Matt Smith and uh, and they, Ray Fiennes. Ray, and they don't the, Ray, the Ray two the two slacks. best actors in yeah. the movie, Ray Fiennes and Matt Smith, do not have a scene together. They don't have a scene together. They're talking on the phone, so you know they were not filmed together. And that and that was just to put them technically on screen together because they are the two people leading this whole thing. Is it a is it a uh, it's a, a split, British a split screen with a phone cord being the the divider? Oh, that would have been so much better, but yeah. it's not. It's 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 <laughs> also a British whistleblower story. So. It's very procedural. It's about well, a woman who works for the spy, you know, the government spy outfit. And she she uh, takes what she finds out to uh, the press. It's basically about the weapons of mass destruction, about how, how England manufactured the United States the wanted crisis. Britain to back them up in the United Nations, and they were being lied to. Okay, so nobody's going to watch this. <laughs> no. no. Well, I did once again, once again, like, I watched it too, and once again, like the report, it will be shown in, this one will be, the report will be shown in American schools, and uh, official secrets will be shown in British schools. Yeah, I I got to uh, talk a little bit about the report in my Star Wars class, of all things. Because, because Adam uh, Driver's in it. Well, no, not that's not why, but, you know, we're talking about uh, politics and, and uh, how mm-hmm. democracies fall and Revenge of the Sith and everything. Winners, and, winners, right history. And you get into, you know, yeah, Winner's Right History and, uh, you know, a little bit on 9-11 and how we are still dealing with it. So uh, this, you know, the report is apt in that way. And I think the report, as far as taking like a movie about a big pile of paper that is generated by Adam Driver's character Mm -hmm. uh, and making a movie out of it, it's it's as good as it can be. Um, Dry. Some will some will say some mm-hmm. will say I found it I entire sorry. entirely watchable and a bit compelling and uh, you know it's worth checking out for some folks. Well, speaking of Star Wars, David Oyelowo, who was on the what was he on? He was on Clone Rebels. Wars, Rebels, Rebels. Rebels. He was the he yeah. was the bad guy turned good guy. Yeah, on Rebels. Yeah, great character. The last DVD that's out this week is uh, Don't Let Go with David Oyelowo. David Oyelowo was uh, detective Los Angeles detective Jack Radcliffe. I didn't see it. Nope. Uh, no, no. I don't think I don't think it was shown here. Uh, with I mean, it wasn't screened for us. Agent Callus was that Star Wars character. Yeah. He yeah. was so good in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On good, Rebels, good, good job there. And, and so, yeah, David Oyelowo uh, doesn't seem to have quite the actorly star profile that he should uh, that he should anymore. As like five years ago, he was kind of the guy. Um, and we got to meet him, interview him. 
How was he? He was wonderful. How's he doing? <laughs> so, so are we uh, what is this movie again uh, don't let go don't, don't let, let go. go is it good I didn't we didn't see it all right well this right. weekend if you have a direct TV you're going to get free uh, HBO Cinemax Showtime and Stars, Stars from now through Sunday that's a lot of watching yeah, but I did watch the Apollo documentary on HBO, which is uh, really good, and it's available to us for screen for screening purposes. But it's on HBO, and it's a wonderful documentary about the the importance of the Apollo Theater in Harlem. And oh, it's, uh, it's contra- not the, the moon, the Apollo Eleven. No, there's a different uh, Apollo movie. Right, yeah. okay. Apollo Eleven is a documentary. CNN films the Apollo is an HBO documentary uh, okay, that right was on. shown at yes. Sliff, but yeah. also the link was sent to us for yeah. awards purposes. I, and it's a wonder because I loved uh, music documentaries, and I'm a big fan as as you all are of the history of music. Absolutely. And this is really powerful, and it shows Billie Holiday singing "Strange Fruit." Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll yeah. Watch so it's it's definitely worth uh, it, uh, the cultural impact of the Apollo, and it has these note cards, the index. The guy uh, wrote on everybody, like Duke Ellington and uh, Count Basie and uh, Sarah Vaughn and uh, Leslie Uggams and people hmm. like that. It's very interesting. It shows their cards and it shows the gross of the nightclub and about you know whether they were well behaved or not whether or not he should book them again (laughs) (laughs) wow and and it's racist uh no because it's no no but it's like what billie holiday so was so erratic you know it was like great crowd she was really great and the next time terrible she you know has a problem with stimulants and blah 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 you know that kind of stuff so it's very interesting but it's like it's like history on a note card you know, it's very it's very interesting that way. And then, the uh, Harry met Sally is uh, the um, uh, New big, Year's uh, movie. Th- it's the big Fathom events movie. It's thirty years old. Huh. So Sunday hmm. they're showing it at. Uh, let me see. I wrote this down. That's a that's a good one. Okay, Sunday, December first, four p.m. at Ronnie's at Ronnie's mm-hmm. at De Pair and at Gravoy Bluffs. Then Tuesday. It's at 4 and 7 at AMC, Edwardsville and Chesterfield, and Gravoy Bluffs. If you want to see yeah. When Harry Met Sally and, on oh, the big Oh, and Gravoy Bluffs, so it's not just Marcus Theater. So, yeah. like, if you are a Regal member, how come AMC doesn't do the... Uh... Well, they did AMC, Edwardsville, and oh, AMC, okay. Chesterfield. Okay. All right. Yeah. So Sorry. they're all involved. So if you have your cards, you can go. But think about that. Think of the cultural impact of When Harry Met Sally sure. 30 years ago. Yeah. I've been at the Cat's Deli where they have the sign... I'm, I'm, I'll have what she's having. Yeah, yeah. and that's Rob Reiner's mother. Yeah, they point to the table, and you can take so a you sign can, uh, at the table. Yeah, but you don't want to be at that table. You want to be at the one where Rob Reiner's mother was. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that's right. So, okay, uh, I guess that's when Harry Met Sally, uh, 30 years. It's a New Year's movie. Mm-hmm. Why are they showing it now? Well, because it's 30 years old, they and need, it came out, you know, it came out, but... Uh, they need to send me a screener. I'm too busy. Yeah, you well, don't have a. You have thousands of films in your house. <laughs> Are you telling me that you do not have When Harry Met Sally? I, I have When Harry Met Sally. Of course I was, you do. I was joking. <laughs> of course, yeah, I was going to say. Of course you do. All right. The big news in Hollywood is that Alfred Hughes is making, is remaking The Fugitive. One of the Hughes brothers. The nineteen. Yeah, one of the Hughes brothers. The nineteen ninety three 
Is this going to be an African American Her- version? The Harrison Ford uh, adaptation yeah. of the or, TV or series. Yeah. David Jensen. We don't know, but you know, that's the big news. But I love I love the TV series. I loved the movie. I watched uh, the TV series from uh, when Channel Nine had it. I watched it from start to finish. I love the John Ford film of the same title that has nothing to do with. Uh, <laughs> yeah. From the fifties. Uh, okay. So it's going to be an African American version of that. Well, why do you say that? Because it's the Hughes brothers. It's one Hughes brother. Okay, it's a Hughes brother. And and he made he made From Hell, which I don't think any African American or, or black people in it at all. Okay, well maybe I'm being racist. I'm sorry if I'm being racist. Right. Okay, well just, I'm I'm moving on to the celebration of a hundred years <laughs> of uh, black cinema. And, just on time. Uh, yes, uh, the Critics Choice Association, of which I am a member, is Ooh, uh, is oh. having a celebration of one hundred years Didn't of black cinema. Didn't AFI do this cinema. like? Five times. Well, because it's an award. Yeah. Why isn't group. AFI doing this? I'm not sure, but Netflix invited me to go. Oh, on you're Monday. going to see Eddie. You're going to meet Eddie Murphy on Monday. And I am because it, it would be and my, Wesley Snipes. It would be my son uh, well, Tim's 35th birthday. Oh my! So I decided instead of of just sitting here crying all day yeah. on Monday, go, I'm going to go to a reception and hopefully meet. The the people that you said, but he I'm won't. really excited about meeting the screenwriters of Dolmite is my name yeah. and the costume designer. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited about talking to them because to me that movie, the what costumes. Are you, what are you going to ask those screenwriters? Like how, how what was what was it like to recycle your Ed Wood, your greatest glory to such effective purpose here because i think that's what they did and i don't mean that in a bad way it's but you know but also based on a true story that absolutely. i would imagine that most of the same thing they probably took the edward model and uh yeah. uh or even man on the moon ruby too. ray or uh what ray, ray. uh uh ray oh god what is it rudy ray rudy Moore. ray, rudy ray Moore. Moore. i said yeah. ruby ray but rudy, rudy ray, ray Moore. Moore. Oh, we got it it's the same it's this it he took the Ed Wood model of, and yeah. made a movie, That's but right. I'm but I'm guessing that uh, Rudy Ray Moore did not realize he was doing that. Yeah, no. Well, I was in college when the black exploitation film craze came on, and I remember Foxy vividly. Shazam. Remembered vividly. Did you go see Dolomite? Uh, I saw Dolomite on the big screen, oh. and then I watched was it, it again the other as... night. I, no, oh no, not that one. Not that. You not the original. Dolomite is my yeah, name. Right. Well, Dolomite is my name. You didn't I didn't see, see the original, but I saw. I saw the original saw, in the ODB video for "Got Your Money." I saw Superfly and Foxy hey, Brown. Dirty. You baby, saw those I got bit. your money. So wait, wait. What is the, you saw? Baby, I got your money. What, it's, is, it's, what are you talking about? ODB okay. from the Wu Tang Clan. Oh. oh, he had a song called "Baby, I Got Your Money." And the every scene in the video was from Dolomite. Okay. Oh, yeah. here's here's what I know about Dolomite. The uh, there's a Blu-ray that was released a few years ago by a small um, a small label called Vinegar Syndrome, I believe, mm-hmm. and they they did a restoration of this movie, which is probably and, and it's three pretty, sequels. Pretty tough to re, pretty tough to restore. No, anyway, on the on the Blu-ray, I've not seen it, but mm-hmm. I, I want to say... check this out. There's an alternate version of the movie, which is the quote-unquote boom mic version, oh. which is the misframed 
uh, version that so many theaters ran where you see, see the, boom the boom mic in the shot and, you know because it's it's you know it's supposed to be framed out but mm-hmm. you know with the movie like this and theaters they, they were showing care. it and people didn't care and a lot of people just because Rudy Ray Moore was taking it to he was getting as many yeah. prints as he could and taking it and getting right. the box office and the prints might have been struck wrong and mm-hmm. mislabeled who knows but anyway because he paid for them himself yeah so you could experience Dolomite you uh, know Dolomite it, on Blu-ray the Eddie Murphy movie on Netflix is so good yeah i love it it's a good one i watched it again uh friday night it was so did you slick. laugh your ass off i did and i i laughed in the theater at the first you know yeah. at the oh, one you, they th- showed... you saw it in the theater right I... yeah but i i watched it again it's so smooth and slick and it's just so entertaining and the people in it are it's just wesley so good. snipes best supporting actor well this is great it's yeah he's, and he's i really still good. say i, like... I think eddie's going to get nominated for actor i think divine joy uh rudolph is fabulous in it supporting too. actress and titus burgess and he's michael barely in it yeah but Cody he's still smith funny. mcphee is yeah. the uh, joseph von sternberg's grandson <laughs> who's a uh, skinny film student who somehow yes. gets roped into this uh, <laughs> what what's going on again? yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right it's, we gotta yeah, wrap it yeah, up yeah we gotta wrap it up but uh, just real quick the people that are getting awards uh, cassie lemons from st louis uh, she directed Harriet. She's getting one of the awards. Okay. Eddie Murphy's getting the Lifetime Achievement Award. Chuel Ejiofor is getting an award for directing uh, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nia Long is getting an award, mm. supposedly for the Hottest th- Chick. Well, no, for the movie The Banker, but that was pulled. Oh. So well. this is awkward. Oh, well. Yeah, I wonder how they're yeah. going to spin that one. Yeah, I don't know. So that's what I'm doing Monday, and I'll tell you all about it next week. All right. And thank you, Jim, for Jim, coming. Jim, where can we find you online besides oh. our own critics page? Yeah, no, uh, zekefilm.org is my website, Z-E-K-E-F-I-L-M.org. It is a uh, non-for-profit where we want people to uh, engage with the movies via, via what we're the content we're providing in our Facebook group. So uh, you can find us on Facebook uh, and join our group and start uh, chatting. Real quick, tell them about the Rom-Com-A-Thon. Oh, sure. One of our contributors, Sharon Ottenreath, who you guys may recognize from a lot of screenings over the years. She's been with us for a good while. Um, she uh, uh, has decided to start raising money for charity by binge-watching Hallmark Rom-Com holiday movies. Uh, sober or drunk? In uh, Sober. Uh, rapid Succession. And uh, yeah, Sharon, not much of a drinker. So yeah, no, sober. And because there's is... there's a website where these guys, yeah. these gay men, do this wild drunk. Okay, well, this is not that. And, okay. and she's raising money, <laughs> and she's up to uh, I believe around twenty five hundred dollars. Last I checked, for a hunger food pantry, uh, you know, to stop hunger called Twigs. It's a great cause. You can go to zekefilm.org on the front page. There's Sharon's Rom Comathon, and go there, and you can read her journals where she journals her responses to every rom com. One of these she's watched, she's like 25 out of 50. Did she in. watch the Dolly Parton one on last night? I don't believe so, but maybe she's going to be. Uh, it's 50 before Christmas time. It's a very ambitious thing, and Sharon. Uh, went into this hating these movies. She's not well, a yeah, fan of this sort of thing, right. which is why, uh, which is why this is such a uh, you amusing know, you, uh, fundraiser. I, I'm wondering if she's picking up the little thing like the uh, rows of cotton that take place of snow. They're all filmed in Vancouver. Uh, they don't kiss until the last five minutes, unless it's a sequel. Then they can. Then they're well, allowed to kiss before. This is a very sharp. 
person, Sharon. So she's she's uh, probably she knows she all. knows yeah. in the first five minutes who's going to be together. Of course, well, that's part of the as Max calls it the warm blanket effect of these movies. <sighs> I've never seen one. Uh, it's but on in my house. In my, my defense. Um, we have it's screener season in the past 10 years I make choices and you've made the right choice now the <laughs> other day my wife had one on that she did not care for and so what'd she do she turned on to Lifetime and so, uh, <laughs> so let's I see said, what other holiday rom-com is on well now that Netflix have them and Disney Plus has Noel with Anna Kendrick as Santa's daughter so everyone is doing it uh-huh. well it's a it's a money maker you know it's a ratings booster I'm Lynn Van House. I'm on the Times Newspapers dot com, West End Word, South County Times, and Webster Kirkwood Times, and I'm on KTRS every Thursday night. Except this week, I will be on Friday night. Oh wow! Yeah. My name is Carl Middleman. You can find me on the Intercom family of radio stations and with Maximum Movies every Saturday night. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore Carl the Intern, and as well on Instagram. All right, bye everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>